0: it's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes Podcast. Welcome. On this podcast, I speak to people who have said yes to a greater calling in their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. And today, I'm super excited to bring you my conversation with Christina Mraz. Christina and I met through Holy Yoga years ago, and I have learned so much from Christina over the years. And we talk a little bit about some of the things I've learned. She loves to teach about feet. She's lo- She taught me a lot about like training my brain to not have to go pee all the time just in case. So we talk about that here on the podcast. Um, But she is pursuing a new passion. And you know how it is. It's not really a new passion. It's something that she's always been interested in. And everything's just kind of come together right now um, to kind of lead her in this direction. And so she's talking about how to thrive in marriage and not just survive in marriage. And she's talking about intimacy um, and how intimacy in marriage and in life Um, might be connected to movement. How are intimacy and movement connected, right? And if there's a lack of movement in your life, how does that affect your ability to be intimate? Not just with your um, partner in marriage, but with your friends, with your children, with your family, like intimacy. What does intimacy actually mean? And how do we kind of misunderstand it in today's society? So there's so much good stuff here. I won't um, keep you any longer. Without further ado, here is Christina Moraz. Awesome. All right. Hi, Christina. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing great. Good to be here.
0: I am so glad that you're here. So for those of you who are listening, I met Christina probably, I would say like back in 2012 when I started with Holy Yoga and she has been there forever and, and was kind of like the keeper of the keys. Like if you needed to know something, you would ask Christina. And so... That's how we met and just have known each other for a really long time. And I'm super excited as I see Christina kind of putting new stuff out there. Um, and I can't wait for her to share all of the things that she's doing. But I do wanna start by just having you kind of introduce yourself and tell people who you are and what you do and kind of where your passion is right now.
1: Yeah, thank you. So I'm Christina Moraz. I currently reside in uh, Wisconsin. Um, I've always lived in really, really small towns, um, which is interesting in and of itself. Um, I started my path with yoga um, really early on in, in 2000 and just continued to grow as a teacher. And as I was doing that, I came alongside and found out about holy yoga, which was just a blessing to me as it took a modality that I loved that was helping my body helping me with the aches and pains that I had um, and it was restoring my body but then holy yoga was blending my faith as well and so I started to I took a holy yoga training and then started to teach and work for holy yoga and um, I teach a lot of our specialty trainings within holy yoga and that out of that birthed just a passion for movement in the body, um, a a passion for women's issues. So things like um, diastasis recti, which is is a a separation of, of the abdominal area and kind of a weakening of the core and things like pelvic floor disorders and foot issues and just this whole interest in how the body moves or doesn't move and how that affects us. Um, and I've done a lot of um, studying of the work of Katie Bowman. Um, I got to kind of mention her because she has really helped me with this much, this thinking of movement and how does movement um, impact us in what we do. Uh, and then from there, there's been this blossoming over the years where my husband and I have, have said at some point, like at some point, We want to do stuff with marriages and we want to help couples who are pursuing getting married. um, How can we come alongside them? How can we mentor them? And this passion came out because we ourselves were mentored before we got married and it was transformative to us. And so I've had like these two different things coming alongside this movement yoga, body modality, um, how do we how do we get that to be really healthy? And then this other side, this passion and calling, which was marriages. And it hasn't been until the last year and a half where my husband and I have actually been able to act upon that. And so we are going to be married for 15 years in January. And so basically for 13 years, we've been waiting for God to put together the pieces of what we are gonna do with marriage. And we um, together completed a course on biblical counseling and um, looking at how we can we can come alongside and support people so um, I've been kind of walking in these two veins of marriage and movement and how do these two intersect do they intersect in any way shape or form so uh, that's kind of where my passions lie and and right now what what I'm doing with them that's amazing and that's that was the trigger
0: of why I reached out uh, for the podcast was you were talking about intimacy in marriage and how movement can affect intimacy, which I think is so fascinating. And I want to get to that for sure. But I do just want to give a little aside here because as you were talking, I was thinking of all the ways that you've helped me or taught me and, um, before we started the podcast, I mentioned how you've always taught me about feet, like you're very into like teaching people about feet and um, like what shoes to wear and like proper alignment and all of that, which is great. And when you teach yoga, you're really good at kind of picking out the um, real subtle movement that you can make within your body that makes a huge difference in alignment and just little pieces of like my shoulder that I never knew I could move. And you would call that out in yoga and cue it and you would feel this like release and so i just wanted to say that to you because you're just really good at the nuances of the body too like you're really interested in like um just the the even the smallest thing can make such a big difference and you've brought that to light for me so i appreciate all of that but one of my favorite things you told me christina is that because one time we were together and um we used to go on these retreats and be together all the time but One time we were talking about how I have to go pee every time before I leave the house and I'm always going, (laughs) going to the bathroom. And you're like, well, that could be in your mind. Like you could like just make the decision not to have to go pee before you leave the house. And that has stuck with me. Like that I could make the choice to not go to the bathroom every time and then kind of train my body. To not do that can you just talk on that for a second
1: yeah so it's this where we we call it um i read a blog a while ago and it was titled just in case how we live in this modality where we're like oh go to the bathroom just in case and i was like oh my gosh i say that to my kids all the time like we'll be out the door i'm like we go to the bathroom just in case and basically what's happening is is we're our brain is signaling to our bladder I don't care if you're full or not, you're going to go. And so what it does is it trains the bladder to just never be full. Like it never gets to the point of being full where in reality, what's supposed to happen is the bladder is supposed to fill up. And when it gets to its full capacity, it's supposed to send a signal to the brain telling the brain, okay, now I have to go to the bathroom, but we hijack that. Like that's the body's and God's design. Like that was his original design but we hijack it every time. And we're like, oh, I better go to the bathroom now because I don't know if there will be a bathroom where I'm going, which is a little bit absurd in (laughs) the the day and time that we live in because there is literally a bathroom everywhere. Like there's a gas station everywhere (laughs) unless you're on an interstate, right? And even on interstates, there's a rest stop or something every hour. But we have come to this thinking that no, so there might not be a bathroom anywhere, but there's bathrooms all over the place. And so it's getting out of that mindset of us in our brains thinking we have to go when our bladder is actually not even full. Maybe it's half full and yeah. we just go to the bathroom because we are afraid that there might not be a bathroom where we're going.
0: Well, and that's so interesting that just in case, because that's bringing up a lot of things that come up for me when I'm coaching people. People do this with food. Like, oh, yeah if they're trying to, you know, lose weight, but they say, well, I need to eat just in case. Like as if there's this, so it's like this lack mentality, like there's not going to be enough food for me later. Or like even with Halloween candy, like one time I just realized one year as I'm like shoveling in like these baby roots and I'm thinking, why am I acting like there's never going to be like another little candy bar for me to eat. They're all over the place, but I'm acting like if I don't eat it now, it's all gonna be gone. And so I think with food, we do that a lot. Like, well, I'm just gonna have, I'm not hungry, but I'm just gonna eat something before I leave the house just in case. Uh And that's so interesting that you just said, I love that just in case. It is, it's like a lack mentality, like almost like we don't trust that there will be enough or that there will be a bathroom or, um, that we'll have what we need later. So we're kind of manipulating our own stuff and we don't need to right. love it. Okay. So let's get to intimacy. Cause I feel like this is something that we don't, we don't talk about. Like, right. Even the word, I think people kind of go, Oh, like they get almost like shy about it or embarrassed. Do
1: you feel that? Yeah, I think it's because there's a misconception of what intimacy is. I think when we first hear the word intimacy, our our immediate response is sex, like that's the immediate go-to. And really, intimacy is not that. That might be a byproduct, but intimacy is being connected to someone, mind, body, and spirit. And this could be you know, with a child, being intimate with a child, like truly being present with a child, listening to everything that they're saying, seeing their body reactions, seeing their emotions, um, having that connection. And we don't have intimacy with our kids, really. Um, and, and then it, take that into marriage. I would say a lot of us don't have that intimacy with our marriage. Um, I know for my husband and I, um, we got into this pattern where um we talk about the ske- our schedules so we have four kids and so we are always trying to make sure that one child is not forgotten <laughs> anywhere <laughs> at any given time so it's always like okay who needs to go where and when and why and and all of and we're constantly talking about schedules and to-do lists and and that's not intimacy like that is that is me like talking to a coworker and that's that's not intimacy um and also in in my husband and I, our own marriage um for 10 years we would uh, we would really say that for 10 years we just survived like we were a very very young couple when we got married we were in our early 20s we had our kids really young so i was done having babies by the time i was 30 um and we had four kids under the age of 5 didn't have a really a lot of support um from friends, we didn't have family that lived nearby, and so we were literally just trying to survive day-to-day tasks, and we were just trying to um, make sure everyone was fed, make sure that everyone had clothes. Um, We were trying to get in showers like when we could, like we were just trying to make it, and then we had this paradigm shift where um, the Lord moved us to a different community, And it was literally like walking out of just this barren place for 10 years into a completely different atmosphere. We were in your family, which has made a huge impact on our life. Our kids are much older, which they do get easier when they're older, at least in our (laughs) opinion, it's much easier for us now when they're older. And we just saw, wow, we're now in a thriving marriage like we are no longer just trying to survive we are thriving we really enjoy being with each other and then what does thriving marriage look like and what does intimacy look like so not just intimacy of sex but intimacy of truly mind body spirit really getting to intricately know one another beyond the ticky tacky details of how was your day at work you know beyond that those kind of surfacey conversations, but really a deep, deep understanding of one another.
0: So I love this. And I, I think I love the whole paradigm shift with the move. Now, did you understand that you had a lack of
1: intimacy before the move? Or did the move kind of bring that to light? Um, I think in the throes of it, we we both felt it. I mean, I would say like in our marriage, it was good. Like we've always had a really good marriage, but intimacy with relationships around us. And then also just on the flip side, we've been out of it a year. I think that's when we really began to see, oh, there's a shift here. Like we were just in, in a survival mode and then everything shifted where friendships became really intricate. Community became really intricate. Um, uh, yeah just connection with people became a lot more, um and then connection with one another became a lot deeper. and that, I think, is when we went, oh I, I think what we always knew we were in the throes of something really hard, but we we couldn't really see the other side of it until maybe probably a year after we moved, right. So I'm thinking of that
0: person who might be listening, who's thinking, gosh, I don't feel like the way she just described intimacy, I don't feel like I have that with my husband. Mm -hmm. Where would you
1: suggest that they would start? Yeah. Um, It depends upon where you are at, honestly, with your spouse. I mean, sometimes it gets to relationships with your spouse where you're not even talking like really like not engaging with one another and we can become very numb in marriage. And this is something that we, um, within ourselves are actually constantly battling. And I had to have a heart to heart conversation with my husband actually last week. And I started to notice something and I was like, okay, I need to bring this up. And I know everyone bashes social media and sorry, I'm going to go there for a moment, but my husband was having a really hard week last week, but he didn't tell me he was having a hard week. And so I came to him and I'm like, I'm noticing this is that you are on your phone in the morning. You're on your phone at night. Like there's really no space to connect with you. And then come to find out that was how he was coping with stress at work, but he wasn't telling me about it. And so I'm sitting here being totally clueless. And then I bring up this and he's like, uh, he goes to me, all right, now you want to come with something like, okay, so now you want to complain to me about all the things that I don't do right. And Mm -hmm. he works in city government and people in the city like are so rude and think that they deserve so many things as a taxpayer. And so he's constantly every day being told how as a city representative, he's not meeting the needs of the cities. Of, of the community members. And so me saying that to him was just another person taking a dig. And I was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't mean it as a dig. I just meant I wanted to connect with you. Like I wanted to talk with you and I just see you on your phone. And so we had to like break down those barriers, but that can be where some couples are right. That they've so disconnected that they turn to whatever it is. So it could be you're on your phone all the time. It could be a wife who pours into their kids, like their kids become their entire identity. It could become you become a workaholic or you exercise or I mean, you can do so many things. So if that's the case, like if you've come to that space in your marriage already, you're going to have to really um, figure out how to rebuild connection. And that might be going back to (laughs) what are the things that drew you guys together in the first place? And as I'm just going to speak for myself as a wife, we create records of wrong. Like we do, we just start creating records of wrong. And so the thought is, is if, if they, if we feel they've created the separation, we're like, I don't want to enter into it. Like that's their problem. They should recognize that they did this. They should come in and rescue me. They should try to spend time with me. They should like all of this. And so last week when I, when my husband was having the hard time, I was like, okay, I need to not go down my self-pity party but i need to step up and see how i can support him see what i can do and so i planned some strategic things over the course of the weekend and into this week that could connect with him and to be with him and i had to think back of okay what are the things that we love to do and enjoy doing and so those were the things i asked him to participate um, with me in. and so somebody might have to swallow their pride right you might have to literally swallow your pride and you might have to be the initiator of creating connection and it might start with not deep conversations because those could blow up in your face but going to just spending time with each other and i don't mean going out to a restaurant i mean like doing something you guys like to do before so if it's board games if it's going bowling if whatever it is like doing something together that you used to enjoy And then maybe from there, waiting for an opportune time to maybe have a deeper conversation. But I think sometimes if you start with a deep conversation, it's like, it's going to just, it's like, it's going to be a bomb that's just going to go off and it's not going to go really well if you're in a, just kind of a bad place with your marriage. Right. And I think it can be, I've done that same, had that same conversation with my husband
0: where I come to him with something and then he says, oh, right, I can do nothing right yeah (laughs) um and so I think you're right just kind of starting off with having fun and getting back to that like laughing together and but I also agree that social media is being able to scroll on the phone for me has been an escape for things like when I don't want to deal with something I start scrolling and I can be totally distracted for a while and then I just go to bed without saying anything Mm mm-hmm and so I recognize that in myself for sure. And then if we're all having, everybody has an iPad in their hand, then nobody's talking. So yeah, it's not the total worst thing in the whole world, but it can be used to avoid um, real intimacy, I think. So I think, I think that's a good thing that you brought up. It's very real. Um, so tell me about this book, because you were doing kind of like a book club on the book. Was it called Awaken Love?
1: Yeah, it's called Awakened Love. It was referenced to me by uh, a good friend, um, Brooke Toftoy. And she said, hey, I think that you would like this based on your love for like female anatomy and, and those things. And so I bought the book. And ironically enough, I had a stack of books that I was reading, so I didn't read it. <laughs> I didn't read it for a really long time. Yeah. My husband read the entire book. Oh. And he goes, you got to read this book. And then he started to implement Things in the book, um, and mind you, he's reading it from a male perspective, so his implementation of things were maybe different than my implementation of things. <laughs> um, he's he's like, you got to read this book, and so it wasn't until like two weeks later, I finally had the bandwidth to start reading this book, and I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so many truths in this book that um, are amazing. But I don't know if I actually believe them, and so I'm just like a couple of them. Being is that can we believe that we can be sensuous? And I think a lot of times that word sensuous is seen as something very dirty, um, promiscuous. Um, but really, the word sensuous means using all of your senses, like being alive in your senses. And I was like, oh, like that's not what I thought sensuous means. Can I be a sensuous person? And the way that society views sex and sexuality is very, very distorted, and I started to realize how some of those distortions have come into my own thinking, um, and how churches may have also distorted that. and And I don't want to stereotype churches, but I think sometimes what we're taught is um, don't do it. Like it's just told, don't do it. Like it, as a kid, just yeah. don't do it. And Never told that this sexual intimacy can be amazing in marriage and should be amazing in marriage. But we're given this message of don't do it. You get married and you're like, that's the only message I know is don't do it. I don't know how to enjoy it. I don't know how to participate in it. I don't know how to be sensuous in it. Um, I don't know how to vocalize it. I don't even know what I want. I don't know what, it, what feels appropriate. doesn't feel appropriate. And so, um I just think it's a hard space for women where we think that sexual intimacy is really a man's thing Mm -hmm. and it's not a thing for women. It's not something that we as women need in our lives or can even initiate. Like, can we initiate it? Because society would say that men are always the initiators. Like it's all they ever want. It's all they ever think about. Right. But Intimacy in 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 marriage is is something God created, and He created it to be beautiful, and He created it to be powerful. And um I have been the the whole book, Awake in Love, is is looks at the book um book Song of Songs, and or Song of Solomon. Um, and if you look, if you've ever read the entire Bible, like there's some weird <laughs> there's some weird yes, books in the Bible, but you get to this one, and you're like what is going on here? You're like, is this what I think it's saying? Like, no, God's not really using that as a metaphor for this. And, and you're like, and then you start researching it and you're like, oh yeah, he is using that as a metaphor for sexual intimacy. And you're like, what a weird book of the Bible. Like how did this book get in there? And why is it in there? And no one's talking about this. I mean, no one's talking about appropriate sexual intimacy in, in church culture, in regular culture, in school culture, like no one's really talking about it. So it's this really integral part of our beings. It's a whole entire book of the Bible is devoted to it. Not just a chapter, not just a verse, but an entire book is devoted to it. And no one's talking about it. No one's digging into it. And so I've been doing a big study on Song of Solomon and looking at this woman in this, in her, like looking at the characteristics of her, looking at... How she um, lives her life, like what is her reaction and perception to the man in her life? And you look at her and you're like, oh my gosh, like she was passionate, she was sensuous, she daydreams about her husband, um, she has fantasy about him, she is very communicative, but um, she communicates what she desires. And, and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is healthy, this is an okay thing to do, but society has kind of worked that into. All those things are inappropriate and so like my whole mentality is kind of this been flipped upside down and I'm, I'm super grateful because it's freeing to be able to see there's a different side to intimacy than what society is is displaying yes well i think that's so powerful
0: and you mentioned the church culture kind of giving one message and then i think the culture culture is the worldly message is hypersexualization like yeah. i think is um you know it's just it's i don't know it, it's mixed messages and i'm seeing it cuz i my kids are older you know they're in, i have two daughters in their 20s and there's just a lot of mixed messages that they've received in their lifetime about sexuality um and so i love that you're actually going to a book of the bible and learning what's healthy and what's from God and how to be healthy. I mean, those words that you mentioned, I was writing down when you were talking, passionate, sensuous, um, communicative, like these are things we can embrace and we don't have to be afraid of those things. And I think we're either super afraid of them or, or like, you know, you said the message is don't do it. And then the message in society is everybody does it and like this. (laughs) And it's not, I don't know, it's, it's not holy in that way. (laughs) So I love that you're coming at it from this place of, okay, you're reading this and you're having this like, and I love that it's called awakened love because you're actually having an awakening. You're going, wait, what? What's this? You know? And as you dig deeper, you're like, yeah. And it's resonating because it's real and it's true. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um okay, so did you do like a book club with this, or what are you doing with this?
1: I'm currently in a um Bible study, so me and a few of, of willing participants are coming alongside, and we're just unpacking this we're looking um we're talking very vulnerable about our marriages and about intimacy and what it means and it's 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 really fascinating because we all come from different walks, right, from what we were told about by our parents or not told about, and then how did that shape us and and if you came from a very legalistic church background how did that shape you um to just yeah how you were raised what was appropriate and not appropriate in the household that you were lived in um and then also looking at baggage like we all carry baggage um and that could be um, past sexual sin or it could just be baggage of again legalism from a church or whatever and then how that baggage also oftentimes comes right into your marriage. You don't oftentimes leave that baggage aside. It just filters right in. Well, then how does that baggage um, affect the here and now? And so it's just been really cool to connect with women. And it's been amazing because as we're connecting, we're all of us are seeing the disconnects from girls. Like, and all of us have girls in this group. And we're starting to see like, this is something that we shouldn't be in our 30s almost 40s talking about like we should be talking about this at a really young age and so um I'm also at the same time of of, of really diving into this I'm taking a course by um, a woman named Duran Richards about it's called maiden by his design and it's about teaching our girls about their bodies Mm -hmm. and how we teach them about menstruation how we teach them about the, the changes of their bodies but in a really really biblical way about how God created this as beauty we don't need to be ashamed of it we don't we don't need to be scared of it um, and I'm I, as I'm doing these two I'm like this is where we need to start we need to start with our young girls and teach them about their bodies teach them to not be fearful of them teach them to not be scared of having their periods and then once we teach them about their their bodies that's going to infiltrate into Sexual intimacy with their spouse. And so that's been a really cool to see like, oh, this is good knowledge that we have now, but really we need to start talking about her early on to our girls about their bodies, because it's amazing how, I mean, one of the women said, my mom never talked to me anything about my menstrual cycle. She was never, no one talked to me ever. And she goes. Just think about that. You have to go to a book because no one talked to you about it. And then how? What? So no one's talking about your menstrual cycle. They're not talking to you about sex. So then you got to go figure that all out in your own. That comes into your marriage bed, right? And Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. it's starting off in a different space than someone who's who does know about their body, who who has learned about um, the the makeup of how God created us. And um, so I'm I'm just I feel like Women are reclaiming um, their God-given design in um, the beauty of it, instead of seeing it as. Um, sometimes I think the, the 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 thought process is like menstruation is the worst thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> you know, we could have all done better without it, and then also seeing like, oh, sex is just for our, our husbands; it's not for us. But let's reclaim that, right? God designed this for a reason, and um, it's for His glory and and um, and for us, like it's a good thing, not a bad thing.
0: Yes. I love that. I love the idea of you, um, taking it to your daughters too, and starting to think ahead to that. And I can already see Christina, you need to, uh, like make a curriculum or something for churches based on this, because I do think it's one of those things people shy away from because they don't know how to teach it. They don't know what to say. Um, and I think parents even like you mentioned some people didn't, their parents didn't say anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, unfortunate, but I think we need, we need tools and we need this conversation. So I'm so excited that you're diving deep into this. And, um, because I think this is one of those things that's right. Right when I saw it, I was like, Oh, I want you to come on and talk about this. Cause this is something we don't talk about. Um, and it's new. So how would people find out what you're doing? Like, are you, um, what, like, how do they find you on Instagram? And also, are you teaching? Like how, how can people connect with you?
1: Yeah. So, um, I, uh, do have a website. It's just my name, Christina Mraz. Um, and my last name is a little bit odd. It's not, it's not Mraz, which is what people want to say, but it's M-R-O-Z. Um, And so I have a website, my husband and I do, um, do some blogs about marriage on there. Um, I do have some movement, um, blogs as well. Um, Instagram, it's my first name as well. Um, Facebook is the same thing and, uh, or is my whole name, sorry, Christina Mraz on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and so those are ways to connect with me. I'm actually just, um, I'm going to start doing an Instagram, um, uh, series of posts about this concept of intimacy and sexuality and how movement gets bridged together and so what I'm finding is that lack of movement means that it affects our tissues tissues meaning like our cells our muscles our fascia it affects our body in in many different ways and sometimes lack of movement comes from just our lives are really busy, um, to, we are in pain. So if you're in pain, you don't want to move, um, or your movement modalities are always really the same movement modalities. So example, if you go to the gym, you always do the same thing. You always run on the treadmill. If you're a runner, you, you just running is your thing, but you don't try other types of movement. Mm -hmm. And so in this, um, Instagram series that I'm going to do, I'm going to show different types of movements that really, really challenge the body um, in ways of moving that we've never moved and see how these movements awaken the body differently. Um, Because if we go back to the definition of, of sensuous, sensuous is having all of our senses be alive. But if we aren't moving our bodies in multiple different ways on a given day, our bodies stop feeling things. We stop noticing things. Um, and I would even say like, even in, in, in an intimate situation with your spouse, like have you ever really felt and noticed the contours of their skin, the contours of their body? And most people, when they hear that, they'd be like, I don't want my spouse to know the contours <laughs> part of my body, right? Like that's a whole nother conversation, but have you ever really used every single one of your senses yeah. and really felt in, in noticed in an intimate session um, intimate setting every little detail and I think that sometimes when we don't when our bodies are so sensitive or so um, sedentary we lose the art of feeling our tissues don't perceive things anymore so um, I'm excited to kind of unpack how we can start to move the body differently how it awakens the body how it awakens um the cells in our body and how that awakening alivens our senses and potentially leads into us being more sensuous um, in everyday life. Um, and I don't just mean even just that within like the marriage bed. I mean, even like being sensuous in being Anywhere being present in a room with someone, and just even a friend having a conversation where we're totally present, all of our senses are alive and tuned into that situation. So, um, that was a long, a long explanation, but that's something I'm going to start entering into on Instagram. And then, as far as classes and stuff, right now I'm doing a lot of just local within my own community. Um, I, I was never a person who, um, loved getting into deep community with people. Um, but now God is really awakening that with me. So I'm doing a lot of local things. Um, and I'm, I'm going to see whether that will venture into maybe some virtual offerings. Um, because I, I know that there's people all over, um, who would love to partake in this. And I, I live in a tiny town in Wisconsin. So, um, virtual might be the way that I go. Um, I do offer um, foot challenges, so healthy feet challenges, where I offer them a couple times, um, not a couple times, I uh, you know four or five times a year where I help people get their feet healthy um, because when your feet are in pain, your life is miserable. And that's how I came into yoga um, and movement was because I had foot problems and it was destroying my hips and my back. And so I've always had this big passion for helping people in the area of feet. So I do um, offer these challenges and I'm going to do one's going to be starting in November. Um, awesome. But yeah, that's kind of how they can get how you can get kind of connected with me right now. Awesome. I love that.
0: All right. Before we go, I want to ask you the four questions I ask everybody. Um, and I gave you a little heads up. So what is a movie that you love?
1: I'm gonna say the cheesy romantic girl movie. It's gonna be the Notebook. Oh yeah, just something about that movie. Like you can watch it a million times, and it's so I. I was like, I should write a notebook of like mine and my husband's love story, and I started to do that, and then I was like, it's so out of order. And so i like, I'm like, dang, I'm gonna have to like revise the notebook because it's so in not the like the right order. Because so I'll remember something later on. But anyways, I think it's funny now as you watch that as you watch that movie because it's so sequential, right? Uh-huh. Everything flows really well. And I tried to do it in my own life. And I'm like, this story's not lining up. Like, it's, the years are all messed up. So.
0: It's so good. That movie, I can't, if it's ever on TV, like, and you're just kind of passing by, like, flipping channels, I have to stop and watch the whole entire thing. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, okay. And what's a book that you love?
1: Um, I a mine is going to be an author. So I get lost in um, just like, these, these just lives of people. So Karen Kingsbury, she's a Christian author, and she writes about the Baxter family. And I literally have read every single one of those books about the characters. And I just, I just fall in love with the characters. Oh, I love that. So awesome. if you ever get involved into that book, um, make sure you have enough time because it'll, it'll, like, <laughs> if, you, if you get involved in characters, like you get absorbed into their lives, you won't put any of the books down.
0: Oh, awesome. I have to totally check it out. I haven't read any. Which, is it obvious which one you start with? Like it goes in order?
1: Um, you'll want to look up that because she does a bunch of series based on different characters. Um, so you'll want to kind of do a little research of where you want to start with the characters. All
0: right. Karen Kingsbury. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and who is a person that you admire?
1: Um, I feel like there's a lot of people that have come across, um, my path. Obviously Brooke, um, founder of Holy Yoga, Katie Bowman, she's a person I admire as well. Um. But I also have to give a shout out to my man, um, because, uh, in all honesty, like the dude should have walked away from me multiple times. And, uh, we have a, we have a, a beautiful marriage, but we've, we had a rocky couple of years um, before we got married and, and, uh, he chose me and he chose love when he could have chose bitterness and, um, walking away, but he chose to enter into something, um, with me. and um it proved to be really um, it, beautiful and so grateful.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: <laughs> um, all
0: right. And what's a good piece of advice that you've received?
1: Yeah. Um, you're going to be like, oh man, all our, our answers are about our husband. But um, <laughs> some of you don't know my story and I don't have time to interject the whole story, but um, my husband and I had two kids, and we were pregnant with our third, and our third ended up being um, unexpected twins, which translates that to being, we didn't know there were twins until literally they were being born. And so that is a, that is a shock to one's life, where you go from two to four in the course of um, an hour, and um, that was part of why we were surviving, <laughs> why we were just literally trying to survive life. Yeah. and I struggled really bad. Um, I, I would say now, like I I was in a state of kind of depression from all of just the really hardness I was in. And, um, my husband doesn't remember saying these words to me, but, um, I have remembered them to this day and he goes, um, and I should say this, the, we knew we were having one baby and we named her Elsa. And the second baby we didn't know about was Eliana. And, um, my question has always been like, why, why, why? Like, why Eliana? Why didn't we know? Like why didn't it show up in all of our um, midwifery appointments and that? And I remember him saying to me, this is something we may never know this side of heaven. And that has always stuck with me and not just about why God gave us these children, but like, we may never know this side of heaven. And I, I oftentimes say that to people and my, my husband goes, I don't ever remember saying that to you, but I know he said it to me. And so I always just think we may never know this side of heaven and it's okay for me to let go of the why just let it go. Yes.
0: Yeah. Some things are a mystery, right? Like God knows though, and we can trust him that he knows and we will see one day, but yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, this is awesome, Christina. I feel like we could have talked about a lot of other things and kept going, but I appreciate you introducing us even just to the topic of um, just thriving in marriage and intimacy in marriage and just being sensuous and all of it. So I know this is going to give everybody a lot to think about. And um, I can't wait to see what you do next, but thank you so much for coming on and saying yes to being a guest Jen. here.
1: Yeah. Thank you. My privilege and honor.